Good evening, folks. Good afternoon. Another day here in Gotham City. I raise a Pepsi Max to you all. Happy Friday. Late Night Green is back. Uh, a little solo stream action here. Don't mind me as I move my microphone. Hold up. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's good. I intended to do this much, much later. Uh, like, legitimately, like, four or five hours later. But, actually, not that far. And Bobby was going to join me. And things changed with my day. And I had about an hour where I could return to this very platform and talk about professional wrestling for a while and hang out. And I thought, I wonder, will any of the Grinners be able to show up if I give them 10 minutes notice? And apparently 30 of you have been able to. Personally, if I was you, I wouldn't say it disrespect, but I appreciate it nonetheless. And uh, I'm here to hang out and talk professional wrestling. Obviously, it goes without saying that uh, today has been a, a pretty big one for me in the, in the land of the Bing Bong, as they say. Uh, we had the um, the Usos video drop over on WrestlePurist's YouTube channel, which I was happy with, you know, and that was one that we kind of accelerated. There's another video coming that... Oh, fuck, I can announce it. We, we have an Athena video coming um, that was ahead of this one, and we kind of moved things because the Ring of Honor pay-per-view is coming up and Money in the Bank was, was before that, right? So we kind of switched things around, and we try to get moving quick, and thankfully we got out just just a few days here after the event itself. So um, really appreciate all of the grinners who were in the chat for that. It was always, always cool to see you guys there because, of course, I recognize the names from not just these shows, but the shows we've been doing now for years on this very platform. So it's very, very cool to see you guys following along. Even if I know a lot of you aren't even like big Usos fans, which makes it honestly cooler. So I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Very, very kind of all of you to support us. And more than that, more specifically, to be here right now for a stream that's just emerged out of, <laughs> out of thin air. So how is everyone? Let me catch up on the chat here. Uh, my God, happy weekend, Brucey. Um, it's not Paranoia, it's Jay Bing Bong Pop. Howdy, Dion. Down since day, Bob Fish, real. Um, let's go, Shining Force. Uh, look in my eyes, what do you see? It's Joey Double B. Very good. Appreciate the love on the Usos video, guys. Um, may your dogs be dirty and grins be wide. Incredible. Nothing much, Brain Buster, just here hanging out, talking professional wrestling. Uh, having a good time, mate. Having a good time. Um, I'm not going to read that one out, Reese, but interesting. Uh, howdy. Evening, Franco, Crokey, Paul, Matt. A lot of good pals in the chat. And again, I appreciate all the love on the Usos front. Work in progress. You know, I'd, someone sent me, um, they sent me a comment under the YouTube video that was like, it had like constructive criticism. And they sent it to me under the guise of kind of, you know, like, you can't please everyone. One of those deals. Like, and I actually responded to the comment and showed some love because, fuck, like, I actually appreciate the constructive criticism. I agree with the criticism even. So, we're finding our way, you know, I've done probably at this point, God, I, I must have done like 500 features. I feel like I have to have, um, I don't know, actually, that seems like a lot. I've done hundreds of features is my point. And that is a format that I got so accustomed to, I actually started hating doing it. And this year I've really tried to lock in on match reviews, but the video essay is a really different challenge, you know, and, I'm still very much finding the balance between 
an article I would write for you guys to read and something that I can then read myself in a schnazzy video edit. And we're still finding it. I, I think, you know, it's a challenge. It's, it's one I'm enjoying. And we have a couple more videos coming up. As I said, the Athena one will be up shortly. And of course, it goes without saying that there will be some Eddie Kingston uh, content in the coming months also. Before I get to that, I have some business here. Um, what have we got here? All Pro Joe, good brother, said uh, he's resubscribed 14 months now, which is unfortunate. Sorry to hear that, Joe, but he says, oh, Lord, correct. Uh, Rice Man, 10 months, says the Bong Man, resubscribed also. And Lord Lambo resubscribed 14 months also. Again, send him best. Uh, all how great work on the Usos video, which I appreciate very, very much. Um, so, yeah, I really intend to just kind of hang out for an hour or so. It's about what I got, unfortunately, and and answer some questions, do this kind of Q&A style that we do with the uh, with the solo shows and and see where everyone's at because it feels like it's been a while. I know Oracle and I hopped on here on Sunday for a uh, typically impromptu grin, but I feel like I haven't done a solo for a bit. I wasn't even going to do one tonight because Bob was going to join me, but you get what you get. Um Travis, appreciate it, man. Glad you enjoyed the video. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely like the 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 way you produce those because I'm not an, in any way, shape, or form familiar with the genre. Like I've seen Joseph Montesio's videos, uh, and they're great. But like other than that, I genuinely am pretty much I have no understanding or familiarity with the genre. So. Like, it definitely is different in terms of the pace that you're expected to move at. And, like, you know, you need to keep this a retention thing. There's a whole science that goes into this. I don't know. But it's taking some adjustment to, for sure. Um, okay. I, I liked the Oracle stream also. It was very fun. I missed all the wrestling this weekend. What's worth watching? On the weekend? Um what was the what happened on the weekend? The Queen's Quest was that on the weekend? Money in the Bank was on the weekend. I know that I was definitely there for that. Roddy and Joe this week, the New Japan Independence Day shows were uh, were terrific. They were some of the best shows of the year, I think. Actually, I haven't, you know, like, to be fair, I uh, I had to kind of scrub parts of the undercard on those, um, but the Independence Day shows were just terrific. The the highlights being. Both Moxley matches, uh, the Jun Kasai match is one of the great spectacles in recent memory. The crowd goes absolutely berserk for it. It's wonderful. And then it's followed up by an even better match, I think, on night two with Desperado. So I think night one was actually the better show, but night two has more, like, spreadsheet matches, whatever the fuck that means. Um, my bad. I should probably sign up my phone when I'm doing one of these. What's Crosby sending me here? Hold up a second, folks. Jackson Crosby is in my, uh, he's texting me here. Um, oh, we have news here from Jack Crosby. Billy Corgan says, and I quote, NWA has TV slash streaming news coming up that will surprise people and get them talking. I'm going to reply immediately with CBS. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That that the Moxie stuff was terrific. Julia and Willow Nightingale, some real shit right there. I mean, really interesting match too in terms of it's a slightly peculiar pairing. It doesn't make a ton of sense on paper anyway. To me, it didn't. 
And as soon as the bell rang, you quickly realized, like, oh, no, this is going to make sense. This is going to work. Mostly because, you know, even doubt, they just kind of clobbered each other. Very, very physical. Um, Julia kind of sprinkling in some some different tactics and wearing Willow down, taking her to the mountain on occasion. And Willow Nightingale saying this really impressive. And I think this is like kind of transformative for her ceiling, to be honest. But Willow is obviously a great baby face. I mean, that's her bread and butter. She is honestly one of the best baby faces in wrestling. So that's who she is. And that's how you kind of define her as a wrestler. But this is twice now, this match and the Mercedes match, where I've seen her be so good in control of a match, like actually taking a lot of a match and dominating a match. She's remarkably good in that role. I I find it to be kind of staggering how good she is because it doesn't really make sense considering the archetype that she is, you know, pretty much embracing as a as a white meat baby face. But she's like, it's just it's incredible how good she is at that. In this Julia match, she works kind of as like a straightforward hoss. And Julia is like chipping away at her, and it's just it's really, really good. I mean, I I don't want to like overstate it. They had like 13 minutes, but they made the absolute most of their time. Um I thought it was really, really good match. Moxley had the best two matches, I thought, of the of the the uh Tour is a strong word, but, you know, the two shows at Corican and Eddie and Kenter is a good time. I think it's more moment than match, to be honest. That, that doesn't mean the match isn't good. It is good. It's, uh, you know, Eddie is a good counterpart for Kenter's, like, kind of territory heel shtick. You know, there's a lot of shenanigans and, and uh, you know, like, Kenter, he's, he has some smoke and mirrors these days, but it works, like... The interference and ref pumps and stuff are going to be divisive anyway. They just that's just like they're inherently polarizing, but it does add a certain drama, especially when you're bold enough to put them at like six minutes in. Because, um, I mean, when you go that early with ref bumps and stuff, the finishing stretch honestly it feels like you can end at any moment because you've completely like like a rattled the audience's brain in terms of what they expect in these matches you know like they went to that so early that when you got the bombs in the back and full finishing stretch it was like fuck i mean anyone could win here i don't know man i, I thought they were going home at the five minute mark at one point so it has some nice drama in that regard and kenta definitely has uh flashes still where he's quite explosive there's one particular moment where he kind of uncorks these like six palm strikes the king's head and eddie's like Chewing them up. There's some good stuff in there. I like the match. Um, you know, nothing nothing crazy, but a good match nonetheless. The War Dogs were a big story from New Japan, Strong Independence. Um, that, they're a very exciting team. The, the heavyweight War Dogs. I'm not so keen on the... Uh, I mean, they're a good team, but I, I, Driller Maloney is going to take me some time. We'll, we'll see how we go. But nonetheless, let me scroll up here and see what I missed in the chat as I just did a full review of that program. Um, okay. What else we got here? Top 10 lists. I'm sure, brother. Look, wherever it takes, you know, good brothers, good brothers sold theirs. So I'm willing to sell mine. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, okay. How much are you hyped for punk versus Joe? I am really hyped. There is definitely a, like weird, there is a slightly weird tint to it. And I can't explain that beyond what I just said. And if it makes sense to you, God bless. If not, I totally get that. I didn't explain it very well. But, like, it feels 
both premature, but also like it's been heated up pretty nicely. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's like somewhere in the middle. They've done a good job with it, and it definitely feels significant. I probably would have tried to, if I if I wasn't going to do it on episode one, which the choice was, we're not going to do it on episode one because we want to build it up more. I probably would have tried to give it a longer runway. Um, Like, I think I probably would have had a big talking segment before their first match, but that's kind of why I assume it's just the first of two matches, to be honest. Because at some point, you've got to do the in-ring, the in-ring promo, right? Like, that's... I think the match will be really good, but like, you know, if we're being honest, in 2023, the promo segment is the real box office. Joe's a better promo than than in-ring mechanic in 2023, and that's always been Punk's game. So, yeah, I, that's a slightly weird element to it, but uh, nonetheless, man, like, I I think it's important that you kind of take your, you take your grins where you can get them, so to speak, you know, like, I'm not... At a point in my life where I'm willing to complain about getting Smojo over CM Punk in any form, let alone on a Saturday night wrestling show with a Nitro cosplay logo. Um, so I'm all in. Uh, Julia and Willow love in the chat. I love to see it. Jun Kasai pop. Um, I'm enjoying New Japan a fair amount more than AEW currently for better or worse. I don't watch super closely. To be totally honest, if if all things were equal, I would very much watch everything the way I watch New Japan in terms of like selecting things that intrigue me and kind of having the buffet approach. Um, that isn't, you know, with AEW, like I, I have to review stuff. So when I review stuff, I watch it like two or three times because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, so it's hard for me to compare because I watch one in completion, the other I pick out stuff. But it feels to me like New Japan have been the promotion of the year thus far. Um I think it's been kind of overdue, this like reboot. It's kind of a too strong of a term, but this, you know, like a fresh look at things. I, I think it's been very refreshing and it feels exciting again. Like there's a new era unfolding. I mean, quite clearly there is, right? That's not guesswork. They've made that formally so. Um, there's a there's a freshness back to New Japan that had been gone for a while. And that's really exciting because I think anyone who's watched New Japan for an extended period of time can agree. When New Japan Pro Wrestling is on point and the ingredients are what they should be, that overall like formula and recipe is unmatched. Like New Japan with two wrestlers that you care about and believe are two of the best in the world. In those ropes, in that setting, there's no there's no better. Like that's the ultimate to me. I, I just adore the way they present wrestling. So uh, they're, they're kind of rolling right now. These strong shows are very like. There's a weird novelty to these strong shows, especially this particular one because it was in Corican Hall. So usually it's in like some, you know, kind of ugly building in the States with a shitty production team. But this was this was very weird because it felt like a New Japan show, but it had the crew from Strong, which is a hilarious, you know, like homicide being in there. With, I mean, there's a lot going on in Strong. Nonetheless. Pop. Vader and Pam equals Willow. God bless. Willow is probably the woman, the woman with the highest ceiling in the fleet right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Willow's got one of the highest ceilings in all of wrestling right now, to be honest, in terms of star. Not in terms of necessary like spreadsheet completion, but it feels like there's a world in which if you get the Willow Nightingale, you know, packaging right, it feels like she could blow up, right? It feels that way to me anyway. 
I'm not sure if AEW, that's their strong suit necessarily, but we'll see. Absolutely, this was good. I, and Julia kind of kept that size disparity. She kept that present throughout. It was it was good. Very, very nicely wrestled. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on how TK should navigate booking all in and all out? So the conclusion I've personally reached is the main characters for one show should be supporting characters for the other, which in wrestling terms means if Kenny is wrestling a singles match at all in, he should wrestle with trios with the Bucks all out. If Punk is wrestling a singles match at all all out, he should wrestle a you know CMFTR match at all in. I think you feature the same talent. I just think you shine a light on on different guys. That is not ideal, but I do not really know how you do double builds personally. So that's my that's my preference. It's not perfect, but I don't think there is a perfect solution. It's two massive shows in a week. It's a nice problem to have. Um, but I would much rather what I suggested than the alternative that some are throwing out there of like the brand split shit, which is like, you need all hands on deck for Wembley. You just do. So, and for the pay per view for that matter. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, definitely. I, I, I do worry a little bit that we're like, you know, uh, we're kind of setting ourselves up for disappointment and expecting this to be the setup for a rematch because I absolutely have, have got to that point. It just feels weird, the idea this would be a one-and-done with John Punk. I'm not saying Punk's going to lose even. He may win and they can do a rematch. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the conclusive match to me, the semi-final of the Owen, but we'll see. Punk Joe probably going head-to-head with Robbie Lawler's last fight is kind of crazy. My God. Rob Lawler in 2004 was legitimately in the UFC. I think that's when he beat Tiki. Let me have a look at this now. For information no one asked about or cares about. I think he beat Tiki in 2004. That may have been 2003, actually. See how old I'm getting here with my MMA knowledge, folks. We're going we're gonna to check in on this. Robbie Lawler, 2004. My goodness, what a career. What a career. Okay, 2004. He was knocked out by Nick Diaz in April 2004. The Tiki fight was actually 2002. I'm washed. Never mind. But he was in the UFC. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the Sonata business is deeply tormented, Reese, by respect nonetheless. Uh, thoughts on Jimmy Costin Jay's title match versus Roman? That would be... Uh, well, that would be full NWO jumping the shark, unfortunately. That would be very bad. Avoid that at all costs. You know, I think clearly Roman is going to beat Jay. But you have to avoid doing the swerve business. I think that would be very, very bad. Um, I think the more interesting thing is where Solo fits into it. and Because you assume they're going to do Solo and Roman at some point, right? So we shall see. Really feels like Joe and Ruby are going to be the Owen winners, which is back-to-back years with Hill winners, as well as the winners of this year being the runner-up from last year. I don't think TK is good at this tournament thing. I don't know about Ruby. We'll see, maybe, though. I mean, I'm not going to get predict that tournament confidently because last year I was convinced Ruby was winning it, and she did very much did not win it. Um, I think Joe has got a shot. I think Willow is winning the... Uh, I think Willow or Sky, to be honest. I think a babyface is winning that. We'll see. I think whoever's beating Athena is then going to wrestle her at the pay-per-view, so we'll let it play out. Bullet Club is back. Sorry to hear that. No, you're right. You're right. The leader, um, 
very shaky on, but I like the, the new squad. Former Young Lions are killing it, and the established names have stepped up. Okada, Hiromu, and ZSJ especially. King of Sports back on form. The big men are back. Um, all out is probably collision focus, all in, dynamite focus. Probably. I haven't got a problem with that. It's just you need to find a place for the, the other guys also, you know. Like running Wembley and not bringing like Punk, for example, which is, has been kicked around is... You, you got to do it. You just got to have all the top guys on that show. It's Wembley, man. I know Tony talked about, you know, this is something we're going to do. We I want to do this annually, but it's like, no. Like, Wembley Stadium is a special deal. You're very unlikely to do it annually with any success. It's a special thing. You have to get as many guys on the show as you can. I know people get mad at that, and not everyone needs to be on the show, bro. I'm not saying they need to be in top matches, but it is special. I mean, AEW's biggest house thus far is like 20. And this is going to have probably 80 by the time we get there, maybe more. It's like, you got to do what you can do to pack that card, man. You really do. I, best foot forward, you know, like the best card you can come up with. I think you have to go on that stadium show. And I, I know the alternative is like, some people talk about how, well, they've already sold the tickets, so what does it matter? And it's like, because you would assume that this is going to be some people like, you know, having a deal where they don't want, they can't look away from it. It's such a big event and they're going to try and sample AEW. I have no doubt that would be the case here. So we'll see what they do. I think Punk has enough going on that singles matches on both shows could work. Punk Joe Bluff at Wembley, then Punk Max at All Out. I think that's very possible, that prediction. Because um, it feels like Max is wrestling Cole in London. So that would make you think that Punk and Max is Chicago. I just don't know how you build that match suitably, considering, you know? It's like, I, I think that's going to be challenging. I haven't got a problem. I'm at both shows, so normally I don't care, but we'll see. Um, I fear Cole MJF versus FTR is all in. Cole MJF rematch at All Out. Cole MJF, sorry, I don't know why I was reading his name like that. Um, well, well, hold on. The tag match sounds kind of silly. Sounds, sounds kind of cool. <laughs> it's, it's not, let's not shoot it down. Um, but yeah, maybe. In an ideal world, there's got to be something bigger for FTR all in. I don't know what that is, honestly. Unless it's the Bucks. The tag division is in an interesting place right now. I mean, realistically, the Bucks FTR should be the match, right? If Aussie Open aren't available, if, if Aussie Open are available, that's the match. They're going to beat FTR for the belts at Wembley. Back, you know, returning to the scene of the crime, right? Back in London. Um, but, you know, like, if not, the Bucks match should be the match. Okay. What else have we got here? Uh, what What do you think? If Usyk and Dubois fight just got announced, I think Usyk will win that pretty handily. Which means that Usyk is fucked because I just made that prediction live on the air. But Dubois is very robotic. If he can maneuver his way around Joshua, he should be able to do the same for Dubois. I'm glad he's just having a fight. Though. I mean, good lord, the heavyweight division is so slow. It's just brutal. I'm glad there's a fight. Um, Sonata Bop in the chat. CMFTR versus Aussie Open and Osprey are all in. FTR versus Aussie Open and Punk Osprey are all out. I mean, that's tremendous. I definitely, like, when there was talk about Kenny and Osprey not being at Wembley, which I don't know what the deal is with that, to be clear. I don't mind either. But 
when it was like war spray isn't going to do Kenny, it's going to be Takesh drink Kenny. I was, I must admit, it was half my brain not to head towards that Punk Osprey situation. Like, Punk would have a lot of fun with that London crowd, <laughs> just taking them on the ride. I mean, it wouldn't be the most like explosive, you know, uh, Will Osprey match you could put on the show, but it could it would be an atmosphere for sure, an interesting one. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think the Owen could do with a lot more pomp and circumstance. It's, it, it's unfortunate. It just doesn't feel like Tony's strength, those kind of presentation quirks, you know? he's It's very much... I mean, I prefer... Like, this year, I do think the video packages pop have helped give it a certain punch. And the talent lineup, I, I do like a lot, so I've enjoyed it. But it isn't... You know, it doesn't feel like this grand kind of spectacle by any means, unfortunately. You get what you get, I suppose. Um, saying CM Punk should be on All In isn't even close to saying everyone needs to be on the show. This isn't Kip Saban we're talking about here. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you can have a battle royal. You can have a nice little battle royal. You know, you could have uh, uh, The Butcher and all them in it. It's good, yeah, it'll be good stuff. Kip Saban might even win it. Who knows? Uh, we'll let it play out, folks. How long is Mark Davies out for? No one seems to know. The Jericho sudden switch seems like they've changed some big plans around. I would agree. I do wonder if it's just for blood and guts, though. Let it play out on that front. Hello, Mr. Bing Bong. Great video today. Thank you. What can you make a match? Do you want to see it all in? Osprey free. Um, want to see? In an ideal world, removing all context, I would like to see him wrestle uh, CM Punk, which in a stadium I think would be like a cinema as the kids say but of the realistic ones it feels like we're picking between osprey free or Takeshita. and i have no i mean that's that's a pretty cool choice if you ask me i'm, I'm pretty content with both of those i probably would i think there's a historical element to osprey and the atmosphere would be more electric so i would lean osprey but if the match is kenny omega and Konosuke Takeshita, like you're not hearing any complaints from me. That's I mean, that's beautiful. That's real grab. So I like it. Uh, Reese is doing very spiteful Kip Sabian booking. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, respect the persistence. Always thought the winners of Forbidden Door would face each other. Either Osprey and Danielson or Kenny Okada would have been awesome. I do think there is definitely, like, this is a, a good show, I think, to try and find a home for a, one of these kind of more forbidden door-esque dream matches um osprey and omega is kind of baked in right that is like a, a obviously that has a story at this point it has two matches and it's the it's the rubber match that's fine but like if there's a spare top guy it feels like you'd be well served to try and get them in the room with an okada right like okada making the walk at wembley stadium is is real fucking crap for me it just it don't get any realer so uh I, I like the idea of those kind of matchups. I'm not sure either of those two are on the table as of right now, but um, I like it. I like it a lot. It's good stuff. One second, folks. Okay. What else have we got here? Think Punk gets booed or cheered in London. I think it'll be a split. I, I think there's definitely going to be, like the way it is going to be in a lot of places, like the, the elite core doesn't fuck with Punk, right? Like, And that's that's kind of the, the appeal of the atmosphere is it is like a raw emotion. There'll be a lot of people at Wembley Stadium that want to sing cold personality and get fired up. So 
I don't know, he hasn't wrestled in England for like, God, 10 years, you know? So, honestly, the stadium setting may actually make it a more generous reception for Punk. If it was in an arena, I'd be more convinced it would be kind of edgy, but there's going to be so many people there. It feels like just law of averages, right? It's gonna There's going to be a lot of Punk people in the house, so. It'll be it'll be incredibly dynamic, regardless. You know he's gonna have fun with it, and punk in the in the big buildings and the big shows is is a real treat. So I'm excited to find out myself. Actually, um, what about Osprey versus Abushi? I think that's very very much on the table. Um, you know, I think bringing Kurt Abushi in for Blood and Guts, which certainly seems to be the case, and has kind of been, you know, it's been an assumption for a while, right? He'll do something in this feud. Um, I think it certainly makes sense that if you're going to bring him in on July 21st or whatever it is, uh, no, what is it? July 19th, my bad. July 19th, it certainly makes sense that, you know, if you just happen to have a Wembley Stadium card a month away, you you know, you probably want to get Kota Ibushi on that. That's an example of what I was talking about a moment ago. Osprey and Ibushi obviously have an awful lot of history. If we assume that Kenny is going to wrestle Takeshita, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think... That's where you kind of go back to that thing I was talking about, lead character, supporting act, that kind of deal. Because on some level, you could do this for the stadium, you could do the tag match, right? You could do Osprey and Takeshita versus Ibushi and Omega, which sounds like one of the most insane, like, fire pro wrestling matches imaginable. But if you give that match 25 minutes, like, good Lord, can you imagine how great that match would be? In some ways, that may be, you know, that might be the player. Then you do the matches on the pay-per-view, the singles matches. I don't want to make Wembley a super road two car, but that particular tag match is fucking nuts. Anyway, I'm still a proponent of having a few dream matches at all in with little build in the same vein as the original all in. There you go. Yes, we would. I know you commented this before I said it, but that was to the point I just made, right? Like, I agree completely. Uh, the changed man, Chris Jericho, pop. They're going to do 100 years of Wembley Battle Royal or something. I agree. Any predictions for Santana's future direction? Uh, none. I He's admirably quiet in that regard and very, very private. And no one really seems to know what's happened with him. I, around, um, when was it? This was probably, I want to say around the holidays. I think it was around Christmas. There was some talk about, he and Ortiz kind of settling their issues. I don't know how real that was because, again, he's a very, very private guy, and I don't, you know, that's their friendship. It's nothing to do with me. But that was the that was the talk of the town. Was that maybe they figured it out? Which, beyond anything else, as a fan of their tag team work and their tag team run, that would be that would be nice because, you know, those guys are very, very close. That was an unfortunate story. Now, if they are willing to go on as a team. I think it goes about saying that AEW would benefit greatly from having them. I mean, Ortiz certainly could benefit from that. I'm not convinced personally. I think I think Santana is probably going to try other things and head elsewhere. Um, and look, you know, it's easy to be dismissive, and I'm not saying he's like a a, a top guy, you know, by any but like I think there's something to him. I think Santana has an ability to connect with people and he has a, I think he has pretty good instincts creatively. Um, To translate what I'm saying here, I think if I was an impact wrestling, 
I would be much more happy taking a swing on on Santana as a top guy than most of the guys that I've been presenting as top guys for the last uh, six or seven years. You know, like I mean, if I if I've invested six years into Moose, I'm more than happy to take a take a chance on Santana as a singles. The in ring ways to go. He needs to find himself with this new frame. He before he got hurt he was wrestling in a way that wasn't really suited to the new build he has, which is, by the way, he looks awesome, but it didn't suit the way he was wrestling. Uh, you can't bulk up as much as he has and still be doing the forward rolls. It's not how it works, unfortunately. So he needs to find himself in ring, but I love the promo. I like the personality. I think he's charismatic. He has a good look. So I think he's going to try other things, and if so, I will be rooting for him, no doubt. I think he's a very, very talented guy. Painmaker versus Nigel McGuinness is going to go crazy. It does. It feels like Nigel's wrestling at Wembley, folks. So it's worth keeping that in mind when we do our fantasy booking. That really does feel like the the, the way things are headed, which is wild to say out loud. I think it will be Osprey Free or the Golden Lovers' first tag in four years. There you go. There's the tag match we were talking about. Um, <laughs> Christ, Jericho is crazy. Nonetheless, don't have an answer. The fact they're even doing all that is so fucked. Tony's obsession with tradition is going to be his downfall in one way or another. Uh, how your first stadium show isn't all hands on deck. Your focus is beyond me. I think people need to prepare themselves. They might never pull themselves again with the minds that they have. I mean, let it play out. You know, I mean, just take it easy, man. See how we go. I mean, you're not wrong, but see how we go. I'm going to both. Let me go to Chicago. If they cancelled all out, I wouldn't be going to Chicago. I need to meet up with Bob and punch him in the face. Okay. I want to see what deal they link with Wembley. If the deal sucks, then I, I think it's a much more bizarre decision. We do only have seven weeks, we see. Um, I do Golden Lovers versus Osprey and Takeshita, but they may feel all in should get a Kenny singles epic. I would agree, but that tag match is so absurd. I think it fits the bill of epic anyway. Yeah, Kenny Okada 5 is saying, like, I would be very much, I don't think they need to do it. I think they finish, they finish the story pop. But if you were ever going to do it again, Wembley Stadium would probably be the place. It doesn't really make sense time-wise right now, but I agree. Going to Blood and Guts, when do you think Kota debuts at the show or before? Uh, I think he, I think they'll probably keep it a surprise, to be honest. They might even do a deal where someone else takes the spot and gets taken out. And it gets opened up again and Kenny has an answer, you know, or something like that. We shall see. Punk working a go-go, going to be filth. <laughs> um, I know that all friends wrestling thing is overblown, but it legit seems like the Young Bucks have wrestled the same tens of 15 guys since they dropped the tag belts in 2021. I mean, certainly, here's what I would say. I have no beef with like any of the guys that wrestled. You know, like their favorite opponents are the Lucha Bros, which I'm happy to watch them wrestle the Lucha Bros every day of the week. The Blackpool Combat Club feud is it breaks from that kind of norm, so I have no beef there. I will say that if we're indeed moving from this feud to a Dark Order one, that would probably be the first time where I was like, "Hey, man, like you know this." Yes, this branch out a little bit, you know. Like I just, I just don't need that person. I don't know a lot of people are into it, and God bless. I ain't here to insult anyone who is. It's just not. It doesn't interest me. Um, but I think a lot of it, honestly, is the the Bucks just aren't able to be as active as they probably like to be. You know, those guys are feeling it physically. Like they're very graceful. 
you know, some wrestlers as they age because their style was like you can see it in their movement. The Bucks are very smooth and graceful, and they have such like fluidity to their style. I don't think people realize how beat up those guys are. Like they, they can only you know they can only wrestle at a certain uh, rate these days in terms of output. And so, kind of naturally, of their program with guys you associate with them, there's not going to be too many matches outside of that, which I think we've seen a lot in the last year or so. So, nonetheless, um, Osprey cannot be the fifth, unfortunately, Brain Buster, because he's in the, the G1. Golden Lovers versus FTR, pop. <clears throat> okay, it sounds like Santana and Ortiz were at Wale Mania. That's good. Ortiz being off TV is a bat signal to me. They may be about to reunite and do the dance. I hope so. I was a big fan of that team in TNA. I don't think they ever got to the same heights in uh, in AEW for a range of reasons. It wasn't all creative either. They seemed to lose their rhythm. I think the way they were used kind of took their flow away as a team somewhat. They, they had good matches, but they didn't ever quite get to that, that top tier. Beyond the first one with the Bucks, I would say. But uh, they're a really good team. I don't get the fascination with non-AEW talent all over the Wembley show. Tickets have been sold. The AEW contracted talent should get 95% of the spots in the show. I agree. I just think they're, an Osprey is an obvious exception. And, I, and to me, even though I'm not even a big fan, I just think Okada is the kind of figure that would make sense on that show. Um, I certainly won't be disappointed if he's not on it. I think Osprey is the only guy that you should really expect. Um, well... There's some other people that you might be willing to, you know, might be well advised to expect, but we'll see. It depends where they're placed, to be honest. <clears throat> Who did the acclaimed wrestle all in because they're going to be on the show? They're probably going to do something with Billy, I'd imagine. Billy will get himself booked, right? It'll be, it'll be like Billy and the acclaimed versus. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who the who do we still have in the trio situation. I mean, the Hardys are going to do something on the show, so you know maybe we have like one of those multi-team matches. The Hardys may be FTR's match actually upon fall, which is unfortunate. Kip Butcher and the Blade—that may actually be what they do. Bless Butch, he's cooked and he bless his heart. It happens to the best of them. Absolutely finished, poor sod. Just came around too late. Talented fella, but just, you know, got in the business so late, he just looks finished. It's unfortunate. Oh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett will be booked. That's a good idea. It'll probably be him. It'll probably be him. Everyone's going to be trying to maneuver their way on this show. And listen, that's the way, that's, that's as God intended this sport to be. No problem with that. Being born, what's your prediction for the BCC mystery man in Blood and Guts? I've got a prediction for you. I'll tell you what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Bob O'Neill. Oh, shit. Hold okay. on. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me take you off. I think... <laughs> put your thumb up when you're in it. Come on, Bob. I think it's going to be Bob O'Neill, who came in the stream yard with his camera on and his mic, and here he goes, thumbs up. You know what I mean? Yeah, when I plug my mic in, it always, like, defaults the speakers to the mic, and uh, I always have to change it. I usually have my headphones, but I didn't plug them in, so I'm just using my computer speakers. But, yeah, now we're here. We're good. My God. What kind of operation are you running over there, Bob? Yeah, I know. It's a lot, man. Is that like kind of a uh, – is that a result of the late-night grins more kind of casual 
scheduling? Have you let your standards slack in terms of the technical? Is that a thing? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, okay, Bob, who do you think the Blackpool Combat Club's mystery man in Blood and Guts is going to be? Um, Chris Jericho. Yeah, me too. I, actually, I think it's going to be Jericho. Um, is that your phone, Bob? My God. Yeah, I know. I forgot to put it on silent. There we go. I haven't yeah, done I one of these in a while. I did it earlier. Don't worry, bro. Um, they got to do the old school step where if Elite win, Kenny gets five minutes for oh, that'd Dom. Be good. That's good stuff. Zach Sabre Jr. versus Nigel at Wembley. We're booking Wembley broadly here, Bob. Is no, there a match you, you want to see at Wembley? I know you're not going, allegedly, but you know, as a fan at home, is there a match you think would most suit that setting? What do you reckon? Um, I mean, I, I really do think something with Goldberg, if you are going to bring him in, like that's kind of the time to do it just because it's kind of a big stage like that. I don't know who he'd face. Um, so you got plenty Joe. of like mid-card heels that he could just run through. and He's wrist with Smile Joe, bro. That'd be fun. Yeah. Do it. Maybe he's facing CM Punk tomorrow. Bill Goldberg? No, uh, not yet. It's Mojo. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, Bob, I've noticed, and I didn't want to bring this up, but I'm going to. Um, I've noticed you've yet to tackle this this hair situation. Yeah, it's bad. Do you have any kind of public comment on that? Cause... No, you know, I was busy this week with the holiday and stuff, and, uh, you know, work's yeah. been crazy. Hopefully this weekend, hopefully next time I'm on here, it will not look like that anymore. Okay. We'll, let it play out. we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the chat with a quite incredible reaction to your to your arrival. I'd say a varied response, but that's you're very much a CM Punk kind of guy, Bobby, right? You like that kind of polarizing uh, reception as you enter the building. That's true. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm a face, sometimes I'm a heel. You know, it depends where we're at. Indeed. I have to ask you, you're the expert in this regard around here. What do you make of this Fred situation? It's, um... It's promising. Obviously, they could do like a chronological timeline and let you do DMs and stuff. But from what I can gather, like they were planning it, but it wasn't ready yet. And they just kind of rushed it because Twitter had their kind yeah. of meltdown over the weekend. So we'll let it play out. It's been okay so far. Um, I'm not on it as much because I famously don't use my phone for things. And there's no uh, website for it right now. So that's been kind of nice. <laughs> You has Twitter been bad enough that you've considered like using your phone to text people? <laughs> or have you um, simply let those distance? No, I mean, let's see. I DM Jack today. Sometimes I text Jack. Usually I DM him. It's easier. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, as far as like other people that I would talk to that I have their number, like shoot, I usually still just DM. Um, Oracle, I'll still DM. Um, oh my god. Yeah. No, I haven't really switched to texting yet. All right, maybe one day. Maybe one day mm. you'll grow up and do it. What, what does a Bob O'Neill to the Oracle of Wrestling text look like, or DM look like, sorry? Um, what, how does that look? Like, this week it was Maria and Natalia, which I immediately um, messaged you about as well. Yeah, you both messaged me about that. Actually. It was very funny. Very, very funny. Um, I didn't really know what to make of it. I thought it was a rib, and then other people confirmed it to me. It was a good match. I liked it. It's good. You're it a big Natalia fan, though, right? Well, top, top, the big three in, in the Bob Law is Ronda, Natty, Dana. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Nailed it. That's the big three. Um, shout out to Matt in the chat. I like this Tony Nese pitch for Bill Goldberg. Good person from a kill. Um, yeah. Matt, of course, edited the Usos video that aired earlier today on the WrestlePurious channel. Hell yeah. Once good again, stuff. Folks, 
I appreciate it, Bobby. Once again, folks, please do check that out if you haven't already. It's a good time. It's fun, it's a fun video. Um, Bob, yep. let's, let's do like 15 minutes of professional wrestling talk. Chat, if you have any questions for myself or more specifically for the infamous Bob O'Neill of Fred's and Twitter fame, <laughs> please do ask them in the chat. But before I, I get to those, Bobby, where like where are you at in your professional wrestling fandom? You have your ups, you have your downs. Are you, are you back or are you wrestling is dead, actually? Where do you stand as of right now? Um, it was interesting last week because I had a lot going on, so I kind of only watched Money in the Bank. I didn't see Collision till Tuesday afternoon, I don't think. So mostly just um, I'm excited for SmackDown this week. I think it's more than just, you know, whatever the Bloodline's doing. They actually have a pretty good card tonight. Uh, real excited for Collision. Not going to miss that one. And uh, that's about it right now. Like, I'll watch Raw. I didn't watch Dynamite this week. The card just really wasn't for me. Um, next week doesn't really look like it's for me either, but that's fine. Like, I watched Ring of Honor yesterday. Um, yeah, that's Still about it. With Ring of Honor. What a beast. Man. It was good, man. Daniel Garcia and Christopher Daniels. I've heard that was really good. It which was. excites me. I, I'm going to try and watch that at some point. I I just, I think this is, of all of the Bob bits, of which there are many, I really do feel like this Ring of Honor one is like some of your finest. Like, you and Matt are the only people I know that watch that show. And yeah. I expect it from Matt, right? Because he's a sicko. Like, he's nuts. He watched Dark and Dark Elevation until the grave. And they didn't even die. They just disappeared. Sure. Tony didn't, like, say farewell. They just stopped airing and never explained themselves. And here he's still rolling Ring of Honor. But you're, you're right there with him. You're on board. It's... It's incredible. Have you wavered at all, or are you still all in on the honor? Um, I think I missed a couple weeks. I didn't watch uh, last week. Um, I watched a week before twice, famously, back-to-back. Famously, um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I watched last night. So, you know, I think the thing is, like, first of all, I'm paying for it, so, like, I should probably watch it because there's not much else on Honor Club that's worth watching. Um, that's, a, that's a fascinating way of it. So, so your way of thinking is, I am paying for it. I should watch rather than I don't really want to watch, so I will stop paying for it. This is this is the brain of Bob that fascinates me. I don't mind watching it though. There's usually four or five matches I enjoy, and you know it, it's good background noise for when I'm you know yeah. playing PS5 or whatever. You're a big background noise merchant, right? You're not yeah. like is it fair to say when you're watching these shows, you're not making notes, Bob? Yeah, not usually. Do you like collect the match times, or do you just kind of let it? No, I just wait and see. Is it true? There's a lot of rumors online that you produce your very own weekly Bob Zerver and you don't publish it. It's just like your own newsletter, basically, that you yeah. just keep for you, just for your own records and you kind of refer back to the Monaco. Like, like for example, like I'll be talking to Bob sometimes. Like, wait, hold on a second. He'll like pull out a folder and he'll be like, oh, you know, February 15th here. And he'll just start reading it. It's, it's always a little bit strange. Is that... Do you intend to publish those at any point? Are they going to kind of come to light later on? Yeah, I think at some point, you know, kind of adds to legacy when I'm gone and kind of publish all those and, uh, you know, something to remember. We all want to leave a legacy. I couldn't agree more, Bobby. Couldn't agree more. All right. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit. So you said SmackDown looks good. What is the rundown SmackDown for you, Bobby? Okay. So uh, we got Karrion Cross and AJ Styles. Let's get that out of the way first. Here's what it is. Um, Edge is on the Grayson Waller effect, so I don't know if Edge is going to face him at SummerSlam or they're going to set something up there. I imagine Edge will have a match. Um, so this is interesting. Oracle and I think he's wrestling Seth Freakin. 
Yeah, I mean, because who would you have said freaking wrestle? Probably with Finn again. Really? Yeah. Because that match, like, it wasn't very good, and kind of felt like there's more there. See, I I think that's a very generous read of it, though. Like, it wasn't very good, and like it felt like that was kind of. I, mean, I guess you're right, but. I liked oh. all three of the Seth and Edge matches, so if they did it again, I mean, it'd probably be fine, even though, like, on their own, I don't really like either one, but for whatever reason, their matches uh, together are good. It just feels like Seth needs, like, a big match, though, you know? I'm a, I, lo- I love Finn. I'm a much bigger Finn fan than Edge fan. I, I think Finn's great. But, you know, like, he's slotted at a certain level, right? Like, Finn mm. is... He's an upper-mid-card heel, and that's cool, but he needs some, some magnitude. I think Edge may be the way. Reese is just in the demon. What do you think? I think we're done with the demon since he's lost, you know, three straight times as demon. Yeah, that's not ideal. It's not um, like a thing anymore. The one time he uh, was on the top rope and just collapsed and then Roman beat him and they just never referenced it. That was, that was a rough time right there. <laughs> what was that, full 2021? Uh, yeah, they did that when fans were back, yes. The Roman seems like Rain started great and has been great as of late. The Rain has not been great because he hasn't really defended the belt, but like the, his run has been great as of late. But that middle section was pretty rough, right? Like yeah. they got not the matches just so much as the usage just got very uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Rock feud got rewound like eight times. Um but nonetheless, okay, I yeah, I think Seth freaking I think Seth Freakin is going to wrestle the edge, but who else could edge wrestle at SummerSlam? Do you think Grayson himself? I mean, they put him in a big spot at Money in the Bank. So, you know, he was yeah. in the ring with Cena, which I thought they might do that at SummerSlam, but I don't think so now. It might just be like Edge didn't like how he treated John Cena, and uh, which wouldn't make sense, but also kind of would, I guess. Like, yeah, it kind of rules. It's it's a big spot for Grayson. I think he's good. I think he could handle it. It would be kind of underwhelming because it's probably Edge's last, you know, big stadium show. Um, maybe. I mean, based on what he said in the past. But I mean, it depends if he wants to pass the torch or uh, you know, wants to wrestle Seth and probably lose again or get his title back. Because there's a story there. He never lost the World Heavyweight Championship, even though it's not technically the same belt. I don't think, but. What do you think of Grayson Waller? Like, I actually, I have no problem with Grayson Waller. I don't love him for this role because to me, he's like, he's destined to be a mid-card guy. And that's fine. You need me. But like, you know, the idea of Edge, like, you know, passing the torch to or elevating Grayson Waller is like, for what? You know, yeah. And again, I have no problem with, I actually prefer him as a talent to Austin Theory. But you know, that's not saying a lot, I guess. He's also <laughs> in action tonight against Sheamus. Sheamus should win, right? He should. I don't think he will, but... No. He really should. It feels like LA Knight's going to get the US belt. I think so. Are you... The LA Knight thing has been fascinating. Like, genuinely. It's quite extraordinary how over he is, and I actually think it's like a pretty cool story, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Not like a huge fan, but I like LA Knight well enough, and I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy for him. What do you, uh, where do you stand on the great debate of LA Knight these days? Um, I didn't think that he should have won Money in the Bank just because you know he would have had to cash in on Roman, and that wasn't going to happen. I think yeah, beating Theory is a really good spot for him, and then kind of give him a run with that belt, see what he does, and you can maybe at some point elevate. That's what the mid card titles are for. We're seeing it with Gunther; he's going to probably be the guy to beat Seth. Like yeah. you're supposed to use mid card titles to elevate guys. 
I agree. And I think it gives you an idea of how much he's going to be able to sustain this popularity. You know, I, yeah. I like LA Knight well enough, but I definitely get the hesitation about like putting the world's title on him. That seems, mm. that does seem dramatic. So we'll see how they go on that front. But uh, there's a lot of tall bear in the chat. So I have to ask. What about Edge versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt, Paul? He is someone that I thought could show up tonight. Um, I mean, I don't know. I hope they don't do it. Like, when Bray came back, that was, like, the first match that Jack Crosby thought of. And uh, I just – I hope not. Like, because, you know, Bray's going to beat him. And, like, I don't know. it. What's he even doing at this point? I I think – and it's really hard because I don't want to pry it. Like, he's, hopefully he's okay. Mm. And, but like, I mean, this is one of the weirdest stories in recent memory. Yeah. Because here you have a wrestler who a year ago was in the wilderness. And mm-hmm. everyone was talking about, he's going to be he's going to come back, he's going to come back. And it all sounded like wishful thinking. And then he actually came back. And look, whatever we think, he got an insane reaction and move tickets for a TV show he didn't even appear on in the end because there was so much buzz about him coming back. It was yes. incredible, the impact he made. However, he did not wrestle a match until, or on TV anyway, until the following January, which was an absolute stinker with the aforementioned LA Knight. Yes. He then started a few with Bobby Lashley that no one wanted, including Bobby. And then something happened to him medically. And again, I wish him all the best. So I don't, but unless I have missed it, we have not heard a thing about Bray Wyatt since no. like April. And it's, no. I just find it to be fascinating. I don't know what's happening. Someone like tweeted a picture of him the other day. I don't know how recent it was. Like he looks like he's in good shape. Um, but I mean, I don't know, man. I think the Fiend thing is just kind of, you know, he came back and like the QR code stuff was fun. And the first couple weeks he was different. And then he just started doing the same stuff. It's like, maybe he's planning something else or, Maybe they were going to do a stable and, you know, things fell through with the righteous and, uh, you know, Alexa's not there anymore. They're trying to figure out what to do now. But, like, I don't know, man. He's he's worked, like, three matches in the past two years now. Well, what's At least really weird about it. Yeah, what's really weird, too, is, is on WrestleMania week, the whole entire buzz was, not about the show, but about Bray, was that Bray is doing something at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And it quickly became the consensus among people that, you know, are vaguely in the know. Everyone told you Bray is not wrestling, but he will be on the show. And the belief was he and Alexa were going to do something, right? That was the belief. Now, I think Alexa has since said that she, I believe she said she found out she's pregnant on the week of WrestleMania. Okay. So if you like feasibly just did some quick maths here. So, okay, well, maybe that changed plans there, which would be understandable enough, obviously. Shout out to Alexa Bliss. But, like, we're now in July. Yeah. <laughs> so how – I guess, like, was Bray ever supposed to be on WrestleMania? I can't imagine he was supposed to be on Mania. Like, yeah, man, we'll get to it next week. And then July rolled around. They were kind of – I've never seen anything like it. And the, the craziest thing is, Bob, maybe it's just my timeline. It doesn't seem like anyone's asking these questions other than us two on this stream right now. I mean, does anyone talk about this? No, you don't hear about it at all. Like when he wasn't around, you heard about him pretty much every week. You know, what's he going to do next? He was kind of posting cryptic stuff quite a bit. And uh, he's just been quiet, man. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Nonetheless, we'll close with this. What do you think is going to happen in this trial of the tribal chief business, Bobby? What are you, uh, 
What do you expect? It's going to be a hell of a deal. What do you What do you think is going to happen? Man, in like the back of my mind, it's like maybe The Rock will show up, but you you would have to advertise that, right? Like he's a guy that he can't just he's, show up and he is the Garden, though, Bobby. It, that's the thing. Like I think we'll see Rikishi. Maybe we'll see you know Alpha and Sika. They'll kind of bring some guys in like that. I don't know. It's it's going to be a hell of a segment. I don't really know what the end game is going to be though. Me either. I mean, it seems like they're setting up for Roman and Jay again at SummerSlam. It's fine. Sure. Yep. Um, I just don't know directly how you're going to get there from this. It's going to be interesting. Well, I think the big question is where does Solo stand? Right? Yeah. Solo is kind of in the middle of this now, weirdly, and he looked very concerned when he saw just how fragile Roman Reigns was. Right? That was the big mm-hmm. moment of Money in the Bank. And I don't know. I mean, I these segments are very very stagey and not always my thing but you've got on some level just appreciate the amount of big time segments they've gone out this this feud this story this angle but this one tonight is going to do another massive number i mean it's outrageous the business they're doing with i mean Mm -hmm. i was reading dave's uh dave had a write-up about the AEW numbers and he was saying like wwe's numbers being what they are is even more insane when you look at tv overall being so dramatically down yeah. If they were just steady, it would be impressive. But these, I mean, these Roman segments are exploding. Like they're, they're flying off the map. It's it's insane. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens, Bobby. All right. As we wind down here, Bob, do you have any final words? I know you've not been around as much. We lost, when was your last on Green Grappler? Right? Yeah. 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 I was going to come Sunday night. And then by the time I got home, you guys had like just finished. I was kind of bummed, actually. I was going to jump in. But, uh, yeah, I have not been around lately, but, you know, I'm here. Um, maybe we'll do a grin along or something in the next couple of weeks. I don't know. I was going to message you about that, but we'll talk about yes. it here instead, I guess. Um, no, it's fine. Yeah, I, I think we are for sure. I think we're probably going to do um, Bash of the Beach in some form or fashion, you know? Yeah, I think. that'd be fun. Um, it's a good show. Absolutely. You know, and, and that will be something to be coming up this month. Of course, August 1st, we have Green Grappler, right? Yep. Uh, which will be about Bobby Lashley, who's one of Bob and I's favorites. I know that much for sure. And um, I think he's a really interesting companion to the Lex Luger episode, actually, in a weird oh, way, yeah. you know? So that would be fun to kind of to look at Bobby's career and the many what-ifs that emerge along the way, but also a great career. So I'm excited for that. And uh, I believe the grin this month, we're going to shoot for, to take this full circle, Bobby, I think we're going to go after Death Before Dishonor and do one of those post-Ring of Honor review show kind of deals, which I think is on the 21st, right? 21st, yep. Okay. Yeah, that's two the night before I leave for vacation, so that'd be good. Yeah, two weeks from today, post of what is on is probably when we're going to do the next official episode of The Grim, which I think is episode 90? I think so. <sighs> episode 90. Uh, and then in August, we'll probably do one on the week of All In. Right? Yeah. September will be... Uh, Probably like off for ash or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. That right? And then October, you know, October, we've got to go back old school and do some drafts, right? We have Hell to yeah. have we've got to. to get Oracle to draft some more tag teams. I think it's the, <laughs> it's the law of the grin. But uh, all right, there we go. Bobby, anything to plug? Anything else to add, mate? Any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. Um, go watch Joe's video about the Usos if you haven't yet. It was excellent. Um, that's it. Yeah. I appreciate it, Bobby. This is a good one. Uh, Bob going to live stream react to every G1 show, right? For the love of the game. There is rumors of that, Bob. Would you like to confirm or deny? Uh, we guys just got to let it play out. See what there happens. Stick with us. 
the late night grin discord is going to be watching a lot of these shows together so i'm going to try and join them for some of those and uh, shout out to this community you know like it's i'm so glad when when things got to that point they did and we were talking about what to do there was a definite chance we just like put a bow on it right and like close that chapter and i think actually to his credit the the great oracle of wrestling was the person who kind of most stressed you like you know let live on in some form or fashion and i think we're having a good time with this kind of more free-flowing uh approach i think we're doing it we're, we're enjoying it more and i hope the audience is enjoying i know it's not quite as frequent as it used to be but we're having fun you still got the archives of yesteryear which is nice didn't want to lose that stuff you know how much that drives me nuts um so the archives are still there we're having fun that's the most important thing and it is amazing to see just how many of the grinners are still with us bobby was in the chat surrounded by grinners it was enough to warm my heart earlier it was just wonderful so big love to everyone who's who supports us this far and uh we got a ways to go man we're just ramping up we're, we're on our way so all right we'll be back shortly folks for many of the things we just talked about stay tuned at late night green for updates i'm gonna make a threads at some point um but not yet because we are literally the late night grin. There's no one who needs us to be on that app. (laughs) But anyway, follow Bobby, follow myself, follow at late night grin. Keep grinning. Cool how. Enjoy this outro, folks. (laughs) 